Roger Sales with you. It's uh, Thursday, uh, the 12th, September the 12th, 2019. And uh, of course, it's the, our get together, our little quilting session for a few hours daily, the Radio Ranch and the uh, People's Patriot Network's our platform. Uh, this little snafu that's been plaguing me this week is with a device. That's the screwy thing and I think I overcame it but boy I'll tell you to troubleshoot those kind of, uh, of debilitating problems uh, down in, in, your, in your connections and devices and stuff. Anyway it, it appears that's what it is. I've had to switch to earbuds if you hear any difference in the quality of the microphone uh, but um, the the headsets that I use have a, I'm sure you're familiar with them, the dual mini plug. One's for the microphone, the other's for the headsets, and not a USB. And so I had a little converter where you could plug that in, or you could plug in a single earbud. It had a metal position for it, middle, M-I-D-D-L-E position for it. And evidently the problem was in one of those outside connections. Uh, because this one appears to be all right. Shane, you're with us, right? You did mumble something right before we went on the air. And uh, I just, the reason, let me see here, I've got you muted off, you can't say anything. Um, so I guess you're with us here this morning, Shane. Um, yes. Sorry for all the problems this week. Uh, the, the thing I don't like about these earbuds, this setup, is that they don't give me as much volume as I'd like. And I don't have any, uh, seem to have any control over the volume coming back to me. So anyway, uh, we'll get past it. I'll go find another one of these little apparatuses that allows the headsets to be hooked up uh, through the, through the, what it, what it is is one of them is, goes through the audio board and is more analog and the other one is more digital. And uh, that's the purest. So let's see, Chris is going to check in with us here this morning as we get started. Trying to get back on my feet after all this technical stuff day after day coming out of nowhere that you don't know where it's coming from. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Hey. And good morning, Brent. Hopefully. Yeah, no, Brent. Morning, Chris. No, Brent's tomorrow, Chris. You're right. It's Thursday because I have court today, so it couldn't be Brent today, could it? No, sir. So. Early. Another, uh, that's twice here in the last couple of weeks you've done that. <laughs> well, uh, if you had as much stuff going on in my life, the skullduggery and treachery being warred against by the district attorney of the county and the bar of the international bar, the American bar and Nevada bar are all warring against me and I couldn't buy justice if I was the wealthiest man on the earth around here because they absolutely detest me. <laughs> Uh, if you uh, if you had Sheldon Adelson's money, you couldn't buy any. 
Uh, I think probably his money is fueling some of the war against me, to be honest with you. Well, I, have, <laughs> I have no doubt about that. Well, he lost one of his soldiers the other day, so that's a, that's a step in the right direction. I don't know if it's... Are you talking about Neocon John Bolton, the warmonger? Yep, you know, Professor uh, Nuclear Mustache John Bolton. Um, <laughs> he, uh, but, the, 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 but, you know, the problem with change, Chris, is you never know what you're going to get on the other side. At like That's at, right. Like Obama, you know. Um, I, uh, I had something I wanted to play here to start out the show. We can talk about it. It's, I was... John sent me this the other day. It's uh, uh, I'll, the guy will speak for himself here. I don't know. It's about seven or ten minutes or so, but there's some startling statistics in this guy's talk, and it's to men, and um, uh, I I think that as to a lot of the problems and where they're coming from and and why, and let me just play this and we can talk about it afterwards because it's pretty powerful. Uh, it's entitled, uh, uh, it's, a, it's by, well, they give us credentials and stuff. Anyway, it's about men and, and fatherless homes and a lot of these examples of this phenomena that we've seen that are changing our lives and our society and being used as change agents. And uh, uh, as we talk about all the problems on here all the time, we don't talk about the legal stuff as much as I'd like. But you got to look at the hell where we are and where we came from and how we got there. And probably, if you want to uh, talk about some of the solutions, these are the things that have to be addressed because these, literally, and you'll hear by these statistics, are the roots but, of the problem. What were you going to say, Chris? It's not a phenomenon. It's a devious demonic plan of Hashitan and Lucifer and their minions here on the planet. It, it it's is, not by action, no, natural forces. It's taking our natural roles and using them against us and using them as change agents to affect an agenda that they have manipulated. But let's just listen to this. It's a few minutes long. I think you'll, uh, uh, I think you'll be as impressed as I was when I heard it just a bit ago, really because I just listened to it this morning. I thank John for sending it to me. Here we go. I'll be listening intently. Thank you. Challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. This is our 100th Great Man Podcast. Our 100th Great Man Podcast. I am so grateful. I hear about this podcast all the time. It really moves me. Uh, I've written a lot of books, and some of them have sold very well, and I speak a lot. But the thing I hear about the most, stopped in airports, whatever, is the Great Man Podcast. And I'm so grateful for that. And this is now our 100th episode. Thanks for being on the journey with us. Get it out there to other men. You know we don't sell stuff for profit. We're not trying to get, you know, it's not like this is some multi-level marketing plan. We're trying to impact men and do some good. So thank you for being with us. Thank God for 100 episodes. And uh, thank God for the ranking. And uh, let's try to impact men with this podcast. And it's appropriate 
that I'm announcing these statistical achievements, so to speak, uh, on, a, on the day when I am going to be talking about what I'm about to, to tell you. And that is that, you know, this past weekend or this past week, there was a horrible shooting in Midland, Odessa. I have some connection to Midland, Odessa. Uh, I have dear friends down there. I often speak at a church called Mid-Cities Church, which I really recommend to anybody who lives in the area. When I saw the news break on television about this crazy shooter who killed seven people and wounded about 22 more, I immediately texted my friend Daniel Stevens, who's the pastor of that church, asked him what was going on. He said the SWAT crews were, SWAT teams were in the parking lot of his church at that moment, and they were on lockdown. Now, everybody at the church proved to be okay, but it was tough. It was dangerous. Uh, it was tense. And now, of course, that church, a number of thousands of church, uh, people in that church are trying to be healing agents in that community. But it's a tough, tough thing. And the reason I bring all of this up is to say that if we need to make a case for the cause of great manhood, if we need to make a case for podcasts like this, if we need to give a reason for what we're doing and what we're contending, we need look no farther, farther than the shooters that have terrorized in our society. Are you, are you aware that just in the month of August in the United States, 56 people were killed in mass shootings in the United States? Now, I want you to think about that. It's become so commonplace, you can't even remember all of the mass shootings that occurred in August in the United States because they come at us so rapidly. But here's what I want you to hear. And I know when I say this, I upset some people, but I frankly don't care in this particular case that we talk all the time about Muslims coming into the United States. We talk about Muslim terrorists. And I realize that's a theme worldwide. And there's no question that there are extremist Muslims uh, who have caused great damage and destruction. But in the United States, for the most part, it is not Muslim extremists who have caused the most problems. It is, as I've often said, and I've said it on this podcast, young, white, untethered, unfathered, unprincipled young men who, yes, are probably emotionally troubled, but who then have weapons. And that's not a debate I want to get into in this moment about the weapons and who do horrible things. It is almost always young, white, unfathered young men. I'm going to say it again. I want you to hear it. It is almost always Young, unfathered, white. I keep on saying white. I think that's important because we don't want to make this about any minority group. White, young men who are unfathered. Just listen to me for a moment. Let me tell you a little bit about some of the major shootings that have happened in recent years. Here's some research you may not know. And boy, if, if you don't leave hearing this podcast with a new passion for building noble manhood and the men you know, then I got to tell you there's something missing in us. Nicholas Cruz, you may know that name. He was the one who uh, went and shot up the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida in 2018. I'm sure you remember that. He killed 14 students and three staff members at that school. Now, his adopted father had died when he was six, and he never had a significant male figure in his life again. In other words, Nicholas Cruz was essentially unfathered, not because a man was in the home and not fathering him. That would have been bad enough, and some of the stories that we have are like that, but because there was no male role model in his life. 
And when that happens, no one's there to call out manhood from your soul. No one's there to teach you how to deal with your drives. No one's there to talk to you about your testosterone. No one's there to keep an eye on you, teach you how to use power, keep you how to de- teach you how to deal with your wounds. A mother might be doing the best she can do, but in this case, she was not able to restrain this young man on her own. In fact, uh, in some of these cases, the mother was the first one shot by these young men. So there's one of the stories. Let's talk about Dylan Roof. He's one I've spent a lot of time researching because his story is so heinous. This is the young man who walked into a church in Charleston, South Carolina, and joined a prayer meeting for a while. This was an African-American church, a very uh, historic African-American church in Charleston, South Carolina. His parents divorced before he was born, and he had no father in the home to teach him the ways of a man. So instead, he chose violent racism as an alternative mentor in his life. He gravitated to racist leaders. He gravitated to racist ideologies. He gravitated to guns and to the anger that was expressed through white supremacy. And after he sat through that prayer meeting, he pulled out a gun and killed nine the very people who had hosted him. Killed them right there in the church during an evening prayer meeting. Why? There was no father in the home. His parents divorced before he was born. He never had a father figure except for white sheeted white supremacists in the United States. You may remember the name of Adam Lanza. He's the young man who killed his mother and then 20 elementary school children at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newton, Connecticut. You re- you remember this now. You remember how horrible this was. Literally walked into an elementary school and shot first, second, third, fourth graders, shot little children. He was. They say he was mentally ill, but I, I have to warn you about something. The press always starts talking about these people being mentally ill, and I'm not sure it always is mental illness. I certainly think it's emotional illness. I certainly think it's character issues and values issues and false ideologies and false religions, but I'm not sure these people are always mentally ill. In fact, some of them are quite intelligent. They're just emotionally troubled. So Adam Lanza, killed 20 elementary school children while they were just going through their day, eating their lunch, having recess, taking their naps, playing with their toys in the sandbox. His parents also uh, had had trouble, and he had not talked to his father in the two years prior to that traumatic incident. Now, what am I trying to say by giving negative stories? Fathers are essential. Fathers are powerful. Fathers can make a difference. And most of the young men who are demonizing or traumatizing our society, one of the biggest issues in their lives is fatherlessness, that fathers are either not around at all, alive, or not present in any meaningful way in their lives. And I'm going to keep on going because I know some of you might say, well, these are just random stories, but consider for a moment. These are actual stats that of course, have sources. I didn't make these up. 75% of adolescent murders are uh, murderers are from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless home homes. 85% of children with behavioral disorders only have a mother in the home. Now, I want to say real quickly, do not think we're putting down mothers. God knows we're not. I'm so grateful for the moms who have hung in there and you can't, there is no such thing as a daddy mom. You can't, you can't do both roles, but women have done their roles as well as they can. And many times 
tell you what, nothing moves me as much as to hear some guy, some great big old football player weeping his eyes out talking about his father was never around, but his mother made the difference. And that's why he's got any character and any success in his life. And he's crying like a baby at 320 pounds and bench pressing 600 pounds. I mean, I've seen it time and time again, and it moves me because moms can make a huge difference, but they shouldn't have to be doing it alone. Listen to this. 85% of all children with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. 75% of all teens in treatment for chemical abuse are from what? Fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 89% of rapists come from fatherless homes. 70% of juveniles in state institutions are from fatherless homes. 85% of all youths in prisons are from fatherless homes. I can keep on going, but just listen to this. Children from fatherless homes are five times more likely to commit suicide, 32 times more likely to run away, 20 times more likely to be emotionally troubled, 14 times more likely to commit rape, nine times more likely to end up in a state institution of some kind, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison than children with a father in the home. Now, we don't just do what we do. We don't just teach and emphasize great manhood, noble manhood, righteous manhood, godly manhood, because of the cause of fathering and how valuable it is. It's certainly part of the picture. And there are good organizations that are devoted exclusive to fathering. It's part of what we do. It's part of what we're emphasizing. But I just, just by showing you this one part of the role a man ought to play in society and in the world, can you see the power of it? Can you see the, the, the power of what a man can do? You know, scripture tells us in Ephesians that a man should not provoke his children to anger. And why does scripture have to say that? Because a man has that power. A man who fathers badly has the power to create angry, bitter children. But the, but the, but the important thing I want to say about that scripture is that, that a man has that power, which means he also has the power to create awesome, unangry, loving, passionate, uh, generous, righteous kids. He's got that power. That's why he has to be warned about the use of it. And here we see one of the greatest plagues, certainly in American society is fatherlessness. And the statistics are stunning. In fact, some sociologists and health experts say that fatherlessness is the biggest plague socially we've got going in America. Worse than drugs, worse than opioids, worse than porn, worse than social media addictions. So hear me. On this 100th podcast of The Great Man Podcast, I'm so grateful you're here. I know you listen because you're working hard to do the right things. But once in a while, we got to stop and we got to say, we do this because it helps to heal one of the greatest plagues besetting our society, and that's fatherlessness. And in the wake of the Midland-Odessa shooting, we've got to be aware that this is going to continue unless we begin. We can't fix Guys who are 16 years old never had a father. We can't put a father in the home there at the last minute. Let me tell you something. The rest of us who can reach to troubled young men, do you know that a man who's not even the biological father of a young man can make as much as an 85% difference in a young man's life? You got a 16-year-old, he's never been fathered, but some guy in the community pulls him in, 
loves him, speaks to him, models manhood to him, uh, begins to father him a bit, he can make an 85% difference. He can't completely replace the biological father in the home, but he can make an 85% difference. That young man can grow up to be something amazing because someone put an arm, or as they say at my largely African-American church, got a hand on a man. I love the way they say that. Got to get a hand on a man. Care about a man. Get close to him. Get your hand on him. Get your hand on his shoulder. Put your arm around his neck. Love him a bit. That's what we want to be doing. And that's what we're about here at the Great Man Podcast. Thanks for being part of us. Thanks for being part of the first hundred. Here's to thousands more. Let's change our generation of manhood. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men. Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. I wanted to, I, I played that for myself right before the show today, and I was so knocked out with those statistics. And uh, we talk about all the the outgrowths of all these problems, the shootings, and, and all the other issues, and uh, it. it the statistics kind of spoke for themselves, didn't they? Absolutely. You know, I was going to suggest, Rock, I'm getting a feedback. Echo. You are? But anyway, what I was about to say is that I agree with his ultimate premise, although I do not give a pass and accept the lies of Sandy Hook, Parkland, no, or other false flags, but the ultimate premise is actually correct. You must have a family unit, a mother and a father, preferably, but a father is a significant positive influence as well as the mother. Look, we can't. I, if I had to just reference things that encompass the perspective that we have here collectively, or we wouldn't have too much to play and illustrate and talk about. Because let's face it, there's very few people that understand and are as aware in so much of a, an acute awareness and understanding of what the hell's going on as we, all right, as us. So, but, and I, I understand all the, the, the hell, it's, it's unbelievable, the power. I had to listen to the... Uh, you seem to be clipping a little bit there, Roger, and I'm going to buzz out because I'm traveling, but uh, I appreciate the playing of that uh, timely piece. Okay, Chris. Well, I don't know if clipping, if it's the internet or uh, what's the story here? I tell you, uh, it's not one thing, it's another. I even took the time to call in from here from my other system to see if it was working properly today and it seemed to be all right and uh, otherwise I got to get out and go tromp down some electronic store and try and find this special little apparatus that most places don't carry to be able to use my other set of headsets which I prefer to use uh, because of the clarity and the volume. But we can get through this if uh, there's no too much any technical problems. Shane, you out there? Yes, How, right here. Am I clipping on your end? You're call, you called in on Skype. Right here, right now, no. Okay. Right here, right now, no. Okay, well, I have a feeling that's Chris's uh, setup and outfit, and I wish he could get him turned over and use Skype. It would improve 
a lot of his communication with us, but for some reason or another, it seems to be too difficult a thing to do. What's on your mind, Shane? What do you want to talk about today? Well, I was thinking about a whole bunch of stuff, but now I'm just uh, uh, speechless because of what you have presented to us about the manlyhood of the man um, being there for the uh, child or the childless uh, um, family, nuclear family and stuff like that. So, yes, it's... Very powerful. Now, Shane, you, you're a regular. Yes. You hang out a lot. You're kind of, I guess I'd, yes. call, you, I'd call you a groupie back in the right. business days. But because of Thank that, you. you've been around for a long time. I know your background. You're adopted. I, I was, yes. And I imagine well, that piece has some special significance to you because of that fact. Yes, I've had... Uh, a fatherless home. I grew up in a fatherless home. Um, so, yes, much of this pertains to uh, my situation. Well, uh, glad that you didn't take that other path and have found a way to deal with that. I can't imagine my personal circumstances growing up without the fantastic father that I had, really. Uh, we got a caller, 530. I don't know who it is. How you doing, 530? Uh, Roger Samuel. Hey Samuel, boy, you sound a lot better today. Oh Samuel. Yeah, you. Know, I, I'm hi Sean. I'm I'm trying a new phone, a test phone. Uh, my old phone is AT and T, and I understand Verizon gives me a better signal. So I've got it for a 30 day trial to see if it's uh, going to suit me better. Well, it sure looks like it is. I sure I certainly endorse it for my where I sit. Okay, um, I did want to comment. Um, I think the man is absolutely right about the fatherless problem, but there's a guy, and unfortunately I can't give you the name in his book, but he uh, said that the black population of the country is 13%, so if you divide that in half for the males, which would be roughly, say, seven, okay, that they are committing 50% of the homicides in the country. Well, I, I don't argue with that, and it's probably valid. I mean, I, I, but this guy was just overviewing a larger problem, and he said he didn't want to make it racial. So, uh, right. But I know that that's a, a high statistic. The black-on-black -black crime is huge the black on white crime that doesn't get reported and the only thing that they report because of agenda again and that's what I wanted to get at more with this was the root of the agenda and seeing the results of things like feminism and God out of the schools and all the things that they pulled back in the late 50s and 60s but that was when a lot of majority of that overturning and social upheaval impetus took place you know the birth control pill got out of the schools uh, all uh, all of the commotion and backlash from brown versus board of education and the busing and all, all of that whole the tavistock revolution and the music revolution and all of those social vietnam uh, those things that came together there in a very short period of time and one of the big ones of course was feminism and feminism's driving the wedge here and you can see the results in those statistics. Those are the things that I wanted to gravitate more towards. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I was just making a point uh, because this guy seemed a little bit down on whites in particular, and I don't think that's a fair shot if this other guy is right. I played. I didn't play it for that. I didn't play it because of any false flag stuff about Sandy Hook. I played it to go over those statistics and the overall impact of what the guy said as it hit me this morning listening to it. Yeah, I got it. I get it. Just throwing it out there. I mean, we live in such a specific world, Samuel, because we understand this stuff and its inner workings hell better than most of the people up there in D.C. or that operate within it. They don't know to the extent that we know how the system's set up, what it really is. So we've got unique perspective. But I can see from well, the, the, the black the, the blacks were doing so much better when they didn't trust the government. Uh, they did they culturally did not trust government. And if you listen to Jennifer Daniel, she points out that in stage. She says when we started to tr- to trust the government, that's when our whole culture went to hell in a handbasket. Boy, I like Jennifer Daniel. She is one sharp knife in the drawer, buddy. Yeah. Did you I hear, agree. Have, I, you I, heard, I, have you heard, did you ever hear I've interviewed her a couple of times? Oh, I, I haven't heard you interview her, no, but I, I try to listen to her program every week, and uh, I called her up once, and I said, hey, Jennifer, thanks for what you do. I said, you're a, you're a national hero, even though you're in Panama. I got a good laugh out of her. <laughs> um, I, let me tell you how our paths crossed. It's kind of interesting. A couple of years ago when I was still in Argentina, I got an email from a listener, and they said, Pete wants to meet you, and, uh, and he owned a place, he's dead now, unfortunately, he owned a golden stag safaris hunting, hunting thing in Argentina, did you ever hear those? Republic Broadcasting used to play him all the time, because he had a year. Yeah, I think I've heard of Yeah. Well, yes. so he, uh, he said, Pete wants to meet you. And so I got a hold of him and he said, hey, I got a little little uh, place down here. I'd like to have you come down and visit. And he was in the adjacent. Excuse me, let me cough here for a second. I don't know where that came from. Let me welcome Daryl here. We'll get Daryl involved. Daryl, I'm going to tell my story. You were a listener back then, I remember. Anyway, um, he says, uh, I'd like to have you come down and visit. Let me know when you want to come, and I'll send my private plane up to pick you up. Well, I, that's not an invitation you get every day, and so, especially in the wilds of Argentina. And so I said, okay, well, I'll get back with you. Well, I had a trip to Buenos Aires planned and a bunch of other stuff, and so I did all that, and I got back. and. I hadn't gotten a hold of him, and I get a message from him. He says, well, when are you coming? And I, so we set a date, and um, he is, uh, uh, his pilot comes up to pick us up, and little uh, Daryl, I'm glad you're on because I've forgotten the name of this plane. What's the, what's the finest private plane, that little two-engine Beechcraft? It, uh, I think it was a twin-engine Beechcraft. And, and he had, which is the, supposedly the Cadillac of private planes, and then he put about $150,000 additional instrumentation on it. So the little airport I'm at there that only gets one flight a day commercially 
is when the thing landed, everybody at the airport was out there looking at it and stuff, so we finally got in it and went off back down there. Well, this guy's name was Pete, and he was an Austrian who lived in the States for many years, 20, 25 years or more, and he was a high-stakes gambler and lived out in Vegas. And had some incredible stories to tell, but what happened eventually, he was a shooter, he loved guns, and he loved hunting and stuff, and the feds came in and tried to get him, being an Austrian, to infiltrate some of the patriot groups out there. And he turned them down, so they yanked his visa, and he had to leave the States. And so he'd been down there hunting in Argentina, and he got down there, and he said, hell, I think I want to get one of these places. So he looked at 20, over 20 of them. That little area of Argentina, in the mid, middle of it, is called La Pampas, is the, is the province. It's adjacent to Mendoza, where I live. And this, the provincial capital is a little city called Santa Rosa. And all, all the area around there, there's a whole bunch of these commercial hunting farms. And they've got huge acreage. His was 5,000 5, square feet, I think. 5,000 uh, 5, acres, I mean. And he had 4,000 big game animals on it. And they go buy these exotic animals and bring them back and breed them. And so you, as a customer, if you're a big hunter, you can go down there and get a trophy animal, and you don't have to go, you know, through the wilds of Africa and all that stuff. And I mean, they got water buffalo and uh, seven or eight different kinds of deer and elk and just everything under the sun, man. And it was a, just a wonderful experience. But he was a big Jennifer Daniels fan. And he had had her and her husband that passed away a few years back down there for a week and Jennifer had shot her first animal. She went out and shot a <laughs> elk, I believe, and ate the, the wild meat without any kind of chemicals or anything else in it and loved it. And he kept urging me to get a hold of Jennifer and kind of put us together. And uh, uh, I interviewed her uh, one, twice, I think, but boy, she is a sharp cookie and I really, really admire that gal. Yeah, she has a memory I can't I can't fathom. I mean, she pulls this stuff back from her medical career and stuff, and just remembers all the medical terms and stuff. And anybody who calls in, she's right on it, man. Yep. Well, Amazing. I invited her to be part of this network, and she well initially I thought she was going to do it, and then she took another path, and that's fine. I'd love to have her; she'd be a great compliment. But you know, and for the uh, people that don't know, Jennifer's black. Okay, so was her husband that died, uh, I don't know about the current one, but here Pete supposedly is the big white supremacist down there, you know, with all that, and he's the one that invited her down there and liked her so much, and he ran her chat room for her radio program when he was alive and uh, all that stuff. That, wow. was a, that was a heck of an experience. I ended up going down there twice and spending time with him, and man, this guy was worth like 40 million bucks, okay? He had taken, they had a, him and another guy had developed a piece of software to play blackjack, and somehow they went in and refined that software to play the stock market, and it worked, and they got like fabulously wealthy off of it on top of his gambling. But he told me uh, uh, some unbelievable stories about 
his life out there in Vegas in that high stakes gambling world and stuff. It was uh, quite an experience. Boy, he was a full blown alcoholic. And it, it's just, uh, we knew he wasn't going to last too long at the rate he'd gone and was going. And uh, sure enough, he uh, passed away in his sleep one night. Hey, Daryl, how you doing? That was a beach crash, right? Yeah, that was a uh, beach baron, a baron twin engine. Had two Continental 285 horsepower engines in it. Yeah, it's a good airplane. I, I got about 5,000 hours in that airplane, so good airplane. Yep, I sure enjoyed it. I was supposed yeah, to fly it's down. A they had a magic carpet. He had a his partners were an Argentine law firm there in Santa Rosa, the father and the son law firm, very influential, and they uh, took him in the, as a partner in one of their other little uh, sp uh, uh, sports uh, uh, facilities, which was about man, I don't know how many hectares, some huge, huge piece of land down in South Argentina and it, you go down there and fish for rainbow trout and trout and you can go down and pull 10, 15, 20 pound rainbow trout out of these lakes and streams all day long. And I was supposed to go down there with him on the owner's trip and I, it was about two months nice. away and he died. And I was just absolutely, well, terribly disappointed to lose him because he was a very unique character. I've never met anybody like this guy ever. And uh, all the other opportunities yeah, well, it afforded me living down there. It was a pretty cool experience. Well, yeah, you know, it's a sh Was he saved? You know, what, what did all that money do him any good if he wasn't saved? You, Nothing. You know, I, this is what people, this is kind of what people have to get over, you know, get through their mind. Are you going to chase a man? Are you going to... You're going to chase things of the spirit. He had a lot of money. What did he do with it? Well, he enjoyed it, but uh, that to, uh, you know, uh, could he do something more beneficial with it? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely, he could have. Yeah, we have, we have, yeah, we have people, we have people on the uh, adversarial side that are worth trillions and trillions and trillions and have absolutely no problem investing in that. Yet the so-called patriots and the Christians, uh, well, we don't find too many that are willing to let go of, of their mammon, uh, their time or their energy. So, I mean, uh, I, I don't mean to impugn this fellow, uh, you know, by any means, uh, but this is the challenge. Uh, what are you here to do? Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a big question. And uh, I don't really know where you want to go with that, but uh, I, um... <laughs> well, I you know, and I don't know, and I didn't get into any spiritual discussions with him when I was down there that I remember particularly. Um, uh, but I know he had that bundle of money, and I also know that he didn't have any heirs. His only heir was a niece. Um, I know that he it gave uh, his farm and everything, his, his hunting preserve and everything that he had in it, the plane. He had two gun safes, Daryl, that was just blown you flat away, buddy. Because for a lot of these guys yeah. that came and hunted on his ranch were a lot of these wealthy Argentinians. And they didn't have any money, but they had a whole bunch of personal guns, and he'd take guns for their hunting trips. 
and man, he had two gun yeah. safes that just absolutely blow you away. Have you ever seen an, a fully automatic Glock pistol? I mean, uh, this, that, that, no, no, I, no, I haven't. Yeah, it folds uh, out. It's got this little fold out. It, it folds out into a little mini machine gun. I mean, it's a. They, I didn't even know they made such a thing. Well, he had one of those, and I shot it. He had, yeah. and I did hold this. I, I was supposed to be able to fire it, but we got distracted and it didn't happen. But he had a 200, he paid $250,000. I've got pictures of it, and I think I may have sent them to you back then of the, from the finest. I, I custom, saw it. Yeah. Yeah, the finest custom gun maker in the world, a three barreled custom made rifle that he paid a quarter of a million bucks for. I mean, that was. It's like nothing else I've ever held in my hand that I could remember. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was beautiful. Uh, I uh, you know uh, I, I appreciate all those things because I uh, well for for a lot of reasons so I can appreciate all these things. You know, I keep back to he's dead now. Yeah. What did he accomplish well, you know, uh, for for greater humanity? Uh, and, and he's dead now, and and so you have to, you know, what I'm saying here is we individually have to ask our question: What are we waiting for? What was he waiting for? Uh, 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 what? Uh, where's where's his soul go? Uh, what did he leave uh, as a legacy for all those millions of dollars? Uh, where are they at? What are they? What work are they being put to? Um, you know. Uh, there's there's so much that people of means could do, but yet they indulge themselves in, in uh, basically uh, hedonistic activities, yeah. and uh, uh, this is this is the challenge. So uh, I repeat myself again: he's dead. But for the people that are listening, or will hear this, what are you doing? <laughs> and and. Uh, uh, so I mean, we obviously see what you've been up to uh, in here, and that's that's why we're all here. Uh, but but what are these? You know, I've had this conversation, uh, this topic, several times with different people. Okay, uh, wh where are these these wealthy patriots? Well, I I don't I don't see any of them. Okay, <laughs> you know. Uh, they're not much of an example to me. They're, they're no, they, there's not, they're not something I aspire to because they have been captured. Uh, they've been captured by, the, by Mammon. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, listen, uh, with no money and on a shoestring budget and, and scotch tape or, and, and put together more than, uh, any of these people, uh, with no money. You know, yeah, that's, that's why I like when Brent comes on Fridays because he reminds us about what it's all really about. Well, I tell you, if you yeah, well, everything that he had, and his, he was involved in the movement. You know, he just had his own way of doing it, and he was like like he was. But uh, he did something. You know, he contributed uh, to to Jennifer Daniels' talk show. Ran her chat room tried to do it with me I don't I don't like chat rooms particularly uh, but um, uh, anyway he made his contribution what I was going to say earlier is that's why I hold in such high esteem the guy that wrote the forward for my book 
and I've mentioned him on the show before. He is dead now, too, uh, David Strait. But, man, that guy did have funds, and he did put his money where his mouth was, and he was a hell of a guy, and it's too bad there weren't more of him because uh, uh, you guys would have loved David Strait, I'm telling you. We need a lot more of David Straits. We need more of these people. Uh, and uh, there's so much that can be done, uh, and we don't have the resources to do it. It can be done through uh, all sorts of means, but uh, it, it requires financing, okay? We have to remember that we're up against people with trillions of dollars. And, uh, you know, it takes financing and dedicated, look at all the institutions and the think tanks, and these are all to our detriment. Yep. Okay. Uh, and, and so here we are uh, basically, you know, fighting a intellectual guerrilla uh, combat uh, with, um, uh, you know, uh, outmatched. And uh, so uh, it's, it's at every it's at every level uh, from going to your your uh, what you played there earlier the recording there is very good uh, it, it just exemplifies um, you know the degree of magnitude and and the battle space the intellectual the spiritual and emotional battle space and uh, uh, you know uh, it would appear you know that uh, we're outmatched and um, uh, but uh, uh, actually actually I, that that doesn't stop me from doing what I'm going to do and uh, but it obviously doesn't stop you but but you know more and more people have to individually do this they, they have to turn away from all all that media and uh, all the uh, common knowledge and uh, step away from it. Uh, they they're they're either indoctrinated or seduced. And, uh, so as you were saying that, I was thinking back to the early days when this was coming together for me and how it happened over such a length of time. This piece, that little piece, finally able to put it together. And hell, I was the only one out there talking about it that understood it. And from that little kernel has grown quite a bit. We've touched a lot of people's lives. They don't join us here on a daily basis. Uh, they may not even know we're over here. But at some point, I've put a seed in their mind and thinking that they can't really subconsciously get away from even if they try. So we'll see. My feeling is that and honestly, it's how I keep my sanity doing this, is that they're just not ready to listen yet. And there's a time when our message is going to be much more sought. The answers that we have will be sought after much more at some point in the future, I feel. Yeah. Well, uh, I believe suffering and, and the precipice will cause... Uh, will we'll, uh, bring that about. Uh, I, so your prediction, uh, I agree, will probably uh, uh, be manifest at some point because that's what suffering and the precipice do. Uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, I, I would recommend uh, preparation <laughs> prior to that. 
And uh, of course, I think the people that listen to this, uh, if they if they still listen to anything I have to say, uh, are probably fairly comfortable with that. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons why they they listen is because they're of that mindset. Uh, it me this morning that you know uh, an old thought that I'd had before is that uh, who's more dangerous, uh, dangerous people or stupid people? And uh, I. I subscribe to the fact that uh, when you're surrounded by ignorant and stupid people, you're more danger than than real dangerous people. And because you can, you can identify the dangerous people, but the stupid people, you can be lulled into a sense of of complacency. <laughs> this is this is why cities will be so dangerous. Uh, and uh, so. Uh, yeah, uh, th- this is an important topic, uh, this, this uh, family audio blog that you were playing, and uh, uh, it's, it's important for people to uh, recognize this and, and try to ameliorate the situation with the young man that they uh, have in their lives and try to bring knowledge into them. Um, and, You ever heard of the Prentice cycle? The Prentice cycle? You probably have, but not under that label. Uh, but in 1943, Hennig Webb Prentice Jr. what was later called the Prentice cycle, which is described as the eight steps of a civilization. Y'all have heard this before. The article is that we're on step six here of step eight cycles through a civilization. Number one is bondage to spiritual faith. Exactly kind of what you're talking about, suffering, Daryl. Number two, spiritual faith to courage, what we're talking about here. Three, courage to liberty, what we talk about here regularly. Fourth, liberty to abundance, which some people have certainly achieved. Number five, abundance to selfishness, which we were talking about earlier, Daryl, in a sense. And selfishness to apathy is number six. That's the step that they say we're at. Selfishness to apathy, and I see a lot of apathy out there everywhere. Number seven, the next step, evidently, that is in front of us is apathy to dependency. And some people are already there, actually. And then eight, dependency back to bondage. Well, well, you're you're kind of breaking up on my audio, but I I caught the gist of that. (laughs) And it's it's a good list. It's a good list. It is. And you know, Roger, I've been talking off. about almost all I'm, of those here in the show so far today. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure I caught that. <laughs> Is it that garbled? Is it that bad? Uh, you kind of, you kind of, you're kind of choppy. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're kind of choppy. Well, just a little bit, just a little bit choppy. That's probably the internet. I hope. 
Yeah. Well, uh, that was a good show yesterday while it lasted. Uh, Man, I just, these technique, you know, Daryl, I sit here and it's either a Windows update, this, to me, complex software that we run to do this, uh, some internet problem like today, some stupid little thing like this on a yoke on a yoke that goes into a USB port on a channel. That had to be what it is. It's just, man, the technical stuff drives me crazy. And it's amazing that we can do this with all of the limitations and the obstacles and uh, kind of amazing anyway. So just, I'm glad you guys are patient and want the message and the input enough to stick with it. Well, thank goodness for guys like uh, Paul English, who uh, yes. uh, you know is isn't really deep pockets, but yet uh, does yeoman's work, and uh, we all owe uh, much appreciation and recognition to Mr. Paul English over there and um, the uh, <laughs> the land of the Privy Council. So, uh, talk about being in the heart of the beast. Uh, so. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's fascinating. The more uh, the more I, I delve in, and the deeper I go into the history, uh, particularly uh, something that came about the other day that I was uh, listening and then reading about uh, was uh, during the period in the run up to the American Revolution, and it it hit me like uh, well, like a load of uh, Federal Reserve notes was that. Uh, we over here in our in our uh, continent, the North American continent, we have a American-centric perspective. Uh, I I realized I did too. Uh, I perpetually have this American-centric perspective, and uh, I only read I only read and understood these things in context to uh, my own uh, this American-centric perspective. I. I uh, I, my understanding and knowledge was in a vacuum uh, chamber. Uh, so the English war uh, against the American uh, so-called patriots were, uh, it was just England and America. Well, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. Uh, India, India and China actually uh, were taking advantage of the fact that England was uh, having problems in the colonies and was causing trouble. And this trouble that these people were causing in other parts of the world, this was actually a world conflict, the American Revolution. And and by virtue of the fact that these other countries were causing England problems, uh, made for a different battle space on the ground with George Washington and the Patriots. If if England had had completely subjugated the rest of the world to the point that everybody thought they had, uh, they would have walked through Washington like uh, a hot knife through butter. But they were, uh, they had to diversify their, their resources and, because they were extended in all these other places. And it hit me. I had never really understood that. And, uh, uh, you know, in particular, the, the one that people might identify that supported uh, the Americans were the French. 
in Lafayette. So uh, this this added a richer perspective and a bigger a bigger context to what uh, uh, the, the world geopolitics were at the time. I, I found that uh, uh, very interesting. Now that was uh, so the 1776 era. When was the Boxer Rebellion? They were already exploiting India and using the exploits to salt China with opium. And of course, a lot of that trade built what is now a hot spot, Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, this, this, uh, this British Empire uh, uh, never went away. Okay, this 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 British this British uh, mandate, which is actually uh, according to uh, my readings of H. G. Wells in a little book called Anticipations, uh, which is never really spoke about too much. Uh, I, I I can't impress enough on people to uh, buy a copy and read it. Your mouth will open, your jaw will drop, and you won't be able to, uh, you'll be flabbergasted. I predict you'll be flabbergasted after reading H.G. Wells' book called Anticipations. And uh, this was a, a, a racist, class, uh, xenophobic uh, doctrine. Uh, when you read it, you understand that this is the implementation of Zionism, and uh, this is a a British uh, uh, a, a, a British uh, agenda, and uh, of course, what what precipitates out of this uh, Zionist xenophobic um, and racist mentality uh, is uh, the Balfour Agreement and Israel. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we, we say British. You got to keep uh, in context that the same forces are running the British throne and doing this under the auspices of the East and West India Trading Companies. Uh, that's running our yeah. country today under the auspices of the military-industrial complex. That's the same. Absolutely, relationship. absolutely spot on. Absolutely spot on, Roger. Uh, so uh, the English people. Uh, uh, you know, it would be wonderful if the English could return to England, could be English instead of British. Um, there, there's two, there's two forms of government operating there. There's the, the local English aspect of this, and then there's the British aspect of it, just like we have, uh, a duplicity and a duality here. And uh, the United States government um, has effectively become the the British uh, uh, adjunct uh, representation of British rule in, in uh, this country. And uh, I, I know that's that, that's kind of a big statement, but uh, I think the uh, the contemporary events and facts are proving that so proving that to be very accurate. I won't argue with you. I don't think anybody yeah. else is going to either, but let me issue the invitation, Daryl, that should anybody want to argue with you or bring out anything else, they can always reach out and contact us. I don't give the number out enough, 
uh, anywhere near enough. It's 404-448-1420. If you want to call in that way, you can do it through Skype also. But um, it'd be nice. Uh, uh, you get the feeling that you're out here on an oasis sometime when people don't reach out and call when we're talking about this controversial stuff. But yet I know there's people that listen to these shows, either live if they can, and afterwards one of the other methods if they can't so uh but you're always welcome to call um daryl i i saw some other things last night on a little bit different angle on this which is the education issue and there was a guy on tucker carlson i think you picked up that hd wells book i heard him mention it on rick wiles here just a few days ago i'll bet you went and dogged that up and read it after they mentioned it. Um, on uh, Tucker Carlson last night, he was interviewing the father of one of the girls that was sharp, shot at Parkland down there in South Florida. And he was talking about some of the things and the policies inside the school system that, that he was really particularly peeved at. And he gave an example that startled me, really. In Obama's time, they got a policy into the national school system. I'm going to clear my throat here for just a second. Excuse me. Where if, uh, if up to ninth grade, separate middle school from high school, uh, in the lower grades, if you got up to four different offenses in school, of aggressiveness or whatever, it, you had to have four of them before they'd report you to the legal, to the sheriff or anything. And if you were in the ninth grade and you had three of them, when you went to high school, you got a new clean slate started with four of them again. So it took up to four offenses before the schools would report somebody to the local authorities. And that's policy. And those kind of things are what's causing so much disruption. And these little things, hell, we've never, I've never heard anything about anything like that, down to that kind of minutia. But you see how they're sowing the seeds of, all, of a lot of this crap through the, while they're indoctrinating them at the same time. Well, um, it's, it's a far cry, far cry from, you know, how we were, we were raised uh, in the environment we were raised in, even in the 60s and uh, 70s. And, uh, you know, I, I would have been, I would have been carted off and, and put in the hoose cow for some of the stunts that I pulled in, in, uh, as a freshman. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I won't even, I won't even go into it. But uh, this is why, this is why, circling back on your on your audio that you played, this is why you need um, adult males to uh, mature adult, uh, experienced males and families in order to direct this energy uh, for for young men, uh, regardless of uh, their skin pigmentation. So. Um, they, they understood vis-a-vis uh, -vis the social engineering of the Frankfurt School, the school of uh, Tavistock, and then ultimately the um, a book written uh, out of Stanford uh, by Jews, which was called The Authoritarian Personality, which was a psychological manifest uh, manifesto for 
uh, creating the social reality we have now and, and uh, justifying it through uh, quasi-pseudo-juice-science and uh, uh, psychology. Uh, now, this has been embraced in, uh, and referred to as uh, baseline information about how to determine if somebody, when you're profiling them, okay, so what kind of behaviors do they <laughs> represent and then you can diagnose them as being some kind of uh, psychological ab abnormal and and you've you've pigeonholed them you've labeled them and and now well i you know gee uh, this person shouldn't be allowed to exercise their second amendment right so this is this is they're very patient they're very methodical and uh this is this is how they construct this uh, this these same methods uh, not as sophisticated were used in in germany as well as uh, russia um so um uh, you know it's 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 a very highly refined system now that the chickens have come home roost to here and uh people can't uh you know, uh, indulge in their the, this convenient this convenient uh, idea of who they think they are versus what what's really going on here. And uh, uh, so I I hope some of that sort of makes sense. Uh, we're trying to cover a lot of ground here. I'm <laughs> probably trying to cover too much ground I'm without doing the laying the groundwork. I, I was struck so. those statistics by the guy that at the podcast we played at the start. And then last night, I was watching uh, Tucker Carlson tonight, and the last segment on the clip that I saw was a guy talking about these problems, too, with high school proficiency. And he went over a list of statistics about uh, on, uh, that are, uh, I, the list of graduating seniors. He went through a bunch of categories, and I wish I could remember. There was about six or seven or eight of them. And, uh, but the, the average of those different moral uh, categories, I think that's what I classify it as, um, were 22%. You know, and this guy was a teacher. This is what he was. He was a teacher, a professor, actually, at some college. And he said he would take, when his uh, incoming classes would come in, he'd give them a test and ask him these questions. He said not one student passed it. And it was questions like, what office does this, and who could suspend the right of habeas corpus, and specific government questions and stuff. And uh, then he went back, Daryl, and he took the Russian Constitution and substituted the United States and gave them the Russian Constitution to read, and they had to write a two-paragraph response about it and only three students picked up the Russian Constitution <laughs> and then he done some interesting worth going back and listening to this segment with that guy on last night and then he went through this litany of statistics about graduating high school seniors and the average on all of these different categories is 22 percent proficiency and it said spoke volumes about the sausage mill that we call the education system and what's coming out the other side and it's downright yeah. damn terrible 
Now, fortunately, you mentioned all your things. I mean, listen, I think all of us have got things that we're not proud of and that we've done, but somehow we self-corrected. And some of these other people don't seem to self-correct. Daryl, let me see who who I prompted to get to call in. How you doing, 850? That's Northwest Florida. Hello, 850? Did you leave? They must have got a wrong number and left. <laughs> okay, Daryl. Yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah. No, I hear they come. Oh, uh, well. Hold on, Daryl. Uh, Let's see what's going on here. This is perplexing. Hello, 850? Hello? Hello? Can yes. you hear me? Yes, I hear you fine. How you doing? Um, well, I'm falling to pieces. Um, uh, that being said, I'm delighted to speak with you. Is this Roger? It is. Who am I speaking with? My name is Gary. I emailed you earlier this week and didn't get a response back, and I've, and, um, I've only recently discovered your show. I found it through Eurofolk Radio and specifically following one of the people who used to call in to a show on Republic Broadcast who I admired immensely and lost. And that person was Daryl. Um, I, ha I have to say, uh, your show is wonderful. You do excellent work. And, uh, but in particular, I am exceptionally impressed with the, the uh, ability to cut through the garbage that Daryl demonstrates, and, and I'm so grateful that I've heard his voice and found him again. Uh, I have a, a couple of quick, first of all, you're, it's very hard picking up your program um, on the radio this morning. Uh, I know you've had technical difficulties and you probably already know that. Uh, second of all, as I mentioned, I uh, had tried using, uh, tried to contact your station um, last week through email, and, and that system didn't work. And I sent an email through the Roger Sales part on Monday, and I don't know if you've got that. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it says it's from Gary. It has my correct um, uh, email address, obviously. And, and at the end of it, I put my full name. Okay. So I don't have anything to hide in that regard. Okay, no problem. I wondered, I, I wondered if there's uh, some way. Uh, I know you're supposed to have a chat room, but when I look at Gab or Steemit or YouTube, I don't see any chat room. Nothing that's been active. Um, you also have a caller who occasionally comes in, and I think got a little petulant with Daryl last week, uh, but who was also wonderful. Her name is Mer Bailey, and she works with, uh, it seems to do a lot of work on the, on the Chatango chat site, and uh, I, I wonder if a site like that might be valuable, and I would bet my bottom dollar that uh, Mur, who is, is a, a blessing, would, would set that up, because somehow being able to contact people, and again, my specific target is Daryl, because I don't think he's lived that far away from me, and, and he seems so accurate in what he's saying, uh, cutting through the BS as best we're able to do as, as mortal men, that I would love to talk with that fellow. In any event, um, I'm, I'm just very grateful for your, your service, uh, and I'm sure I'm talking too much. This is the very first time I've called anybody. 
So I'm, I'm nervous and I'm, I'm not physically well, so I, I apologize for that. One final thing I'll say um, is I was able to hear the, 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 the broadcast that you, you uh, ran this morning, and I, I didn't pick up the beginning of it, but it sounded like it was through the New York Times. Is that, is that correct? He had been a writer for the New York Times. It wasn't via the Okay. And, and I think he okay, writes yeah. books now and concentrates on these issues. Was the impression I got? I wasn't familiar okay. with the guy, uh, Gary. Okay. The, the impression I got listening to that, and I mean no disrespect to you at all, certainly highlighting the absence of fathers is is absolutely accurate and 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 is across all the races or subspecies or whatever you want to call different folks. And it is most severe in the in the uh, black population is is in tragic proportions in that regard. Yeah. But I thought that fellow was I thought that was pure agitprop that that he that he went over and over and over again about it was white people causing the mass shootings, and that's not true. He quoted statistics, but as has been said in the past, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought uh, again, no disrespect to you, but I thought he made one good point, as, as all disinformation does, and the rest of it, I thought, was, was essentially lies. I and I apologize for... I think he was kind of overcompensating not to throw any of those statistics on the black community, is the impression I got, Gary. But Except for, if, 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 if that's the case, then he's lying. Because it, it, surely we, we respect black people enough to tell them what the statistics say. And the statistics say, for instance, in Chicago, that, that's two-thirds black, there are mass murders every week, and they're not recorded as mass murders because the wrong people are doing it. I don't argue with you there. I mean, you can see all the tragedies that come out of Chicago. Um, it, I, 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 again, with... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. No, I, I thought some of this, you know, as I was trying to address Samuel, we were so hyper aware of the systems here, and that guy had to use generalities. I mean, I sat there and watched Tulsi Gabbard and, 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 and Tucker Carlson talk about the Muslims that ran the 9-11 operation. You know, I mean, uh, uh, these people paper over this stuff, or they're scared to say something, or I don't know, okay? But the point I wanted to make was the fatherless homes point uh, about that video. Yeah. And I think the black that, community well, knows real well that that's a big problem for them. They've got a lot of spokespersons within their own community talking about it. Except for I talk to them and I don't hear that at all. The, 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 in the, in the, I, again, I live quite close to where you were born. Uh, and, and, and my interactions with the, black, the, the young black community now is that they don't have a, a clue what's going on and, and that they, and they've literally told me this, that, that they see it as, my, not me personally, but white folks as the problem yeah. and, and they get it and they understand right. yeah. and, and, and they want their share. When I made that comment, I wasn't directing it towards the youth. I was directing it towards some of the older, saner leaders that I can understand how they're totally influenced by all of the media, all the music, 
all the goings on, all the propaganda, all the manipulation. I can easily see how those people are influenced by that to the degree that they are, because I was involved in it. Well, I mean, I, having, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a boomer, um, which is an atrocious sound, sounding term, uh, and and uh, and and I was raised in a in an overwhelmingly uh, Jewish community, and I and I can tell you that I, for all of my life until very recently, I I believed everything they said. Hook, line, and sinker. So, Jews? so if, Jews? if I'm sorry, the Jews, you believed all of their dogma. I absolutely did. Again, every, almost everybody I knew were Jewish. Uh, I, uh, uh, I went to university, and uh, uh, my uh, uh, graduate school class was 25 Jew, 25 percent Jewish, 25 percent. Uh, uh, Chinese, uh, uh, and, and the rest was made up of the, of the goyim, so to speak, except for the, the population of the city that I lived in was probably 98% goyim. So you have to ask yourself, how is that possible? I, I, I believed it all. Well, I, had, I was around a lot of Jews myself, but you know, from an early age, as I started getting exposed to some of the backlash they've suffered over the millennia, uh, I kept asking myself, why were these people hated so much? That was kind of the thing that stuck in with me, uh, even though I was around. And don't let's, there's a lot of nice Jewish people, too. And I've been around and I've had some dear friends that are Jewish and that didn't have anything Absolutely. to do with this and that thought for the most part just like we do, although they tend to be a little bit more liberal. But uh, it's this little sect, it's this Revelation 2.9 and 3.9 sect that's causing the problems and that's the backbone of our traditional fight with these bastards, I guess. Gary, let me ask you a couple of questions. You said you live close to, I saw the 850 area code, uh, you live close to Bay County, do you? Yeah, I'm in Okaloosa. Okay. And uh, so, um, nice to have you aboard. I'm sorry that I didn't see your email or that that doesn't work. Well, uh, I tried to put in an email that I can put out just over the air and then I forget to check the darn thing. So it, probably, it may be my fault. That may be where your email's sitting. Um, well, I, I presume you're I presume you're swamped. It sounds like you know uh, uh, um, that that you're you're working on a, on a very tight budget. Uh, so I understand that, and I wouldn't be. I'm sure there's there's uh, pressure in my speech. I wouldn't I wouldn't be so intense about this because I uh, uh, aside from the fact that I I think the remnant. Uh, is is so diminished, um, and and uh, the Christian churches around me are are so Judaized. They're essentially not Christian anymore. Yep. Uh, it, it uh, and and I just find that heartbreaking. And I and I, again, I say that as somebody who has been a, a radical, closeted atheist almost all of my life. Well, so all of this comes as a revelation to me because I, I bought into the system. And, and so when I say I think I live relatively close to 
Daryl, if, if I heard properly, Daryl said he, he, he actually lived in North Alabama. When, uh, I uh, 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 lived and practiced in Birmingham for a couple of years, and then I moved to Atlanta. And, and so I'm associated with the university in Atlanta, uh, but I obviously don't live there anymore. Which one? Um, Which one, uh, Gary? Emory. Okay. Well, Emory. Fine, fine university. Uh, I don't think so anymore. Well, it did. Um, it's been polluted like all the rest of them. Uh, it's called the Harvard of the South. It's really funded by the it's It's been converged. For instance, um, uh, you will have heard of Deborah Lipstadt. Yes, yes, uh, of course. She's on the faculty at Emory University. I, I, I get the emails from them. It is, it is so converged and so aromantic at this point. It's, it's astonishing. Uh, let me ask I, you, I would, have you had any uh, interaction with Dr. Livingston, the, uh, you, who's a, a professor emeritus over there that was one of the founders of the League of the South that now kind of founded the Abbeville Institute? Are you familiar with his work, Gary? Um, I, I know the name. I, I have, uh, my, my situation is very peculiar because of my illness. So I've had very little contact with anybody since the time that I got ill, and that was in 1996, a long time ago. Yeah. And, and, and in fact, I wouldn't be connected on the Internet and doing this now if it wasn't for the fact that the person who cared for me, um, uh, and my life story is not important, so I, I really shouldn't even be saying this. This is, this is stupid on my part. The bottom line is, is I'm coming, getting up to speed fairly rapidly, but the technology is changing so fast, and 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 the Microsofts and the Googles uh, and the and the Apples are so evil and so pernicious. Um, it, it, it's it's just bad. So if you get that email, if you could respond, and if there's some way that I could well, uh, get in contact with Daryl. Let, uh, let me let's do this. I, I, I don't know if it's something you clicked through that didn't work, or but let me give you this email, and why don't you resend what you sent to this one, and I'll get a little more diligent on checking it. And it's Radio okay. Ranch. Radio Ranch at mail, M-A-I-L, dot com, Radio Ranch at mail, dot com, and I'll try and check that a little more regular. Gary, I'm 71 years old. I'm tired. I've been doing this for almost 30 years trying to tell people, and for the most part, beat my head against the wall, and I get to the point to where I just go, I'm going I'm to dedicate two hours a day, and I'm going to be here and answer people like your call, and hopefully help you grab your hand and help guide you through the maze a little bit if you've got some confusion. And anything else, I'm kind of like Cliff High, if you know who he is. And recently I heard him say, when anybody comes to me with anything that resembles work, I turn and run the other way. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm losing. You. I'm I'm, I'm losing. I can't hear you now. I'm sorry. Uh, I ho I hope I've got the email. Uh, I, I'm tired too, but but I am so energized at this point that I will do anything to help the situation. You said Radio Ranch at Mail dot com. Is that correct? Correct. M A I L. Yes. Yes. Th thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Daryl, for bringing up the Adorno book. 
Um, there, uh, I just, God bless you all, and I'll hang up and try try to listen, and I hope I can hear don't, it on the program. Don't, don't Thank you off, so very much. Don't run off, because Bob has called in, and he may have something to address what you've been saying, because all of us have been intently listening. Hey, Bob, he's down there in, in Florida, too, a little bit further south. How you doing, Bob Robert? Well, not too bad. No, I just, uh, when I called in yesterday, I I was almost concerned that I had precipitated that problem, because when you answered my call, all I could hear was static. And I went back on the radio there, the internet then, and all I could hear was static, and when I saw the show was abbreviated last night on CastBot, of course, I, <laughs> I could just hear your voice well enough to tell you were saying that I was on the line, but I couldn't even come close to having a conversation. And I was tied up until about 10 minutes ago, and I turned the radio on or turned the show on, and all I could hear was your gentleman previous. I heard Daryl a little bit, but you are sounding like you're clear down in a barrel, and I can barely hear you even now on the phone. So I was just calling in to... You probably already know that, but since I just just clicked on, I wasn't sure what whether it was something peculiar to the uh, Listen app there on your on your website. No, it's probably this microphone. I had to switch over to earbuds because I think the problem think, on that static was coming from this device that I'm using, and I wanted to get away from using that channel. And it may be this switch over these microphones here on these earbuds. I don't think they're as good. I maybe ought to go get my Apple ones out for my iPhone because they're generally better. But this is the one I use today. Um, yeah. I'll, I'm trying to overcome okay. all of this crap, man. Internet, <laughs> terrible internet, yeah. software problems, Microsoft updates. What else, you know? No, noise, yeah. construction well, upstairs. Like say, when I didn't hear you... When I didn't hear you well, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't something specific to the app, or not the app, but rather to the uh, uh, Listen Live selection there on your site, and it doesn't appear that that's the case. So, Now, when I called in yesterday, um, a couple of things were said that I was going to comment on with uh, uh, talking about the bankers being at the root of it, which is where uh, uh, Paul had taking the conversation right there, and I was going to come on and say, well, I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody when you observe the fact that it said that the love of money is the root of all evil. I mean, how much how much better correlation can you have than that? Very true. And, of course, that's so misquoted because many people will abbreviate oh, yeah. that to, to money is the root of all evil without the love of in the accurate Exactly. Phrasing. Yes. Uh, Gary, very, very different application. Gary, is there anything that I could help you with on the lead? You know, say you're just waking up and understanding this. You stumbled across my information somehow, maybe through finding Daryl. But was there any stuff, you had questions on the legal parts of this that you're having problems with that we could help you with? Because that's a feel, I feel the main reason that I am spend these two hours here is to address this. But you can't do it constantly. So when a new, when somebody new comes along, that's one of the first things I want to address. Uh, there, there absolutely will be some things that you can help me in that regard. But I don't want to waste your time or your no, listeners' no, 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 time. No, 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 no. Going. no, no. Hold on. Let me let me straighten. Welcome, Gary. Okay, because you can't hear this stuff enough. And for the people that have a problem that think it's a, 
a, a stupid question. There's probably a whole bunch of listeners out there that have the same problem, and they're too scared to call. So don't, don't get away with that with me, please. If you got a question, let's address it because we all learn. And as I said, you cannot go over these basic things and elements of this enough. You can't do it. Hey, uh, as, a, as an application to that, if, if you're anywhere, anywhere familiar with sports, you know, go back to football. Yeah. If you can't block and you can't tackle, I don't care how much razzle-dazzle crap you got, you're going to lose. So blocking and tackling, that's where it's at. Well, Fundamentals, remember, baby. Remember, uh, or or if you love mo- or if you love money enough, you can buy the team. Yeah. <laughs> and, but don't forget, Vince Lombardi used to start every pra- every fall practice with, "Gentlemen, this is a football." Um, so Gary, if there's anything that we can help you with, let me just extend that again, not try and leverage you into it. But if you have problems, that's what this show's about. Because well, I. I, I, I I'm, I'm going to have a problem in that regard, and you'll be able to help me, but, but I'm much, much more interested in what I can do to help you. Uh, I, again, this is what, what Daryl's saying, uh, is, is what can I do? And the other situation that's peculiar is, is that I'm, I'm not a natural-born American. So part of what's gone on with me is, is the uh, immense culture shock I went through when I first came to the country, and I've been here a long time now, uh, how I accommodated to it, and, and how now the scales are removed from my eyes. So my situation's unusual because, I, because I'm not a natural-born American. I, I truly believe I've taken up too much of your time, no, so no. I'm, I'm going to hang up now. No, but, but, uh, uh, no, hold it. Don't, don't try and scoot away just yet. Are you naturalized? Um, no. I think the answer is no. In other words, I'm a legal alien. My, my impression when I traveled around the world, uh, not as American, um, uh, is that Americans were hated. And so I thought it wasn't going to be a very good idea for me to get an American passport to travel uh, when if I went to France, I, know, I knew people were giving me bad food, if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah. I was naive at the time. Again, this shows how innocent and naive I was. It never even occurred to me that there'd be such a thing as dual citizenship. So, in fact, I could have become a dual citizen without any difficulty, but I didn't, never, it never crossed my mind that that was possible because when I became... When I came to America, I thought my allegiance needed to be to America solely. Am I making it? Is that making any sense to you? Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you're not knowing. Okay. I can understand so, how you could arrive at that decision, and you're right. Americans are hated in some parts of the world. Fortunately, down ab- in absolutely. South, America, uh, South America, not as much. Uh, it's, it's like Steve Saylor says, that it, 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 is we... Uh, invade a country and then we import the country. Uh, so, so, so in, in essence, we go and piss off people. Forgive my French. And, and then after we piss them off, we get a, a collection of their uh, young radicalized males, and we bring them into the country and 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 try to miscegenate them into into the the, the white population, so we get rid of them. And, uh, it, it's 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 mind-boggling. Yep. Yep. Yep, well, believe me, 
If you get into this legal stuff, you'll find out just how mind-boggling it is. Well, I, I'm hopeful that, that my first uh, uh, timid contact with you will be sufficient that I, that I can lay the groundwork for that, and I hope that I get well enough physically that I can do something with that. Uh, but God bless you. God bless you all. And do you have a chat room that, uh, uh, chat room that works? No. No. The reason okay. that I don't use chat rooms and I, is because when I'm on here, I focus 100% on the show, what you're saying, where we're going to take it, if there's anything that you uh, said that I'd like to elaborate on. And every time I get into that deep focus and I get a, an interruption and it takes my total train of thought off. And I just don't like working like that. So I've got no, a telephone I get that. number, and anybody that's got a question is absolutely, totally free to call in, except for Gus. And uh, he's the only person that I've borrowed here. And, uh, okay. what, what, I, what I'm saying to you, though, is, is that I think you can expand your, the ambit of your reach very considerably by letting somebody who loves you, like a Mur Bailey, set up a chat tango for you. Again, I'm not on any social media. I don't use a cell phone. Uh, so I'm, I'm as lodidic as possible. But, but I think she would do that for you, and that would expand your reach, expand your reach without you having to do anything. Well, there's a Mur that joins us right there. Greg tries to do that. Hey. He's got a, 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 a room that he's posted a lot of stuff on Gab. And, uh, you know, I agree, but it, it takes a hell of a lot of work to sit there and do that. And I've done it for so long. I'm willing to do the show and do everything else. But, hell, I've just, I, at this stage of my life, I insist on having a little bit of a personal life, too. No, no worries. No, no worries, Roger. I, 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 here, here, Gary. Gary, it's, uh, yes. Eurofolk, let me see, what do they call it? Eurofolkradio.chatango.com. I'm posting things Except in there. For I, don't see, I, I don't see an input from somebody like Daryl. It, 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 it strikes me that the main players, the, uh, and, and again, uh, I, know, I know you and Daryl had a little spat before you gave him the honorific laughing, Daryl. Daryl is in your corner. I mean, oh, I, mean, I know. At, I know. I just like to pick at him sometimes. Okay, then, then I might have misunderstood, uh, and I apologize <laughs> for that. probably did. Uh, but you are wonderful. Deanna is wonderful. Uh, uh, and, and again, I, Roger, I understand how you must feel overwhelmed. I feel overwhelmed, and I'm doing nothing. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to shut up and get off the line. God bless you all. And We're praying for you, Gary. And I really, pray for you every day, room. young lady. Now I pray that everyone knows. Every oh, thank uh, I you. I need it. <laughs> hey, you, you I just listened a whole lot about that Oderno uh, prolific little Frankfurter in this chat room right now. And anyone oh, oh, yeah, that knows well, I, about I, the chat, Oderno, um, what's his name that that uh, Daryl was talking about, Oderno? My pronunciation. Well, the, the, that was uh, he was quoting a uh, Daryl had mentioned the book, and I think the book was by Oderno. No, yes, no. but it's he's a very prolific, a little Frank Berter. It's a title. They all are. It's Adorno, but it was written by H.G. Wells. Oh, okay. Oh, no, H. Uh, I, I think Adorno did the, the authoritarian personality. Daryl, you want to come? He in did. Yeah. Uh, what you just, said? 
Hey, uh, this 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 is Daryl. <laughs> Adorno, Adorno did uh, the authoritarian personality at Stanford University. Okay. H.G. Wells did anticipation. Uh, it was uh, there was actually uh, there was actually three three books that he wrote for the power structure, uh, the Zionist power structure. Uh, and uh, part of these these books uh, were uh, anticipations. Uh, he penned it in 1899. It was published in uh, I think 1901. Uh, and, and about uh, the year 1920, he wrote the Open Conspiracy. And then later in the 30s, he wrote the New World Order. Uh, these aren't your your family uh, sci-fi thrillers that. H.G. Wells has been stereotyped as he, he was a completely different character. Uh, another little tidbit about Mr. H.G. Wells that you might find uh, fascinating, uh, I was when I discovered it, was that he had a, uh, an adult lifelong, uh, until their death, uh, ongoing uh, sexual affair with Margaret Sanger. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You got to remember too. Okay. So if yeah. you look at these people's yeah. childhood, and you know what, we can choose to not consume any more of that stuff. Look at the stuff they won't print that we need to read. Okay. And I have one well, one little meme, a new little meme. Crino, C H R I N O, and you can think of it phonetically. Crino. But that's Christian in name only. Look at Budajish. Why didn't they take the Jewish Glesman husband's name? I'm sure Budajish is the bottom anyway. But well, they're, yeah, yeah, they're going uh, around saying they're yeah. Christian and they're sodomites. It's interesting. I saw well, this his is... brother-in-law, Murr, on uh, Tucker Carlson had his brother-in-law on the other night who is a Christian pastor and evidently doesn't even speak. They don't, must not speak because he was using... Tucker Carlson's platform to get his message over to his brother-in-law about how crazy he was and the style, how unbiblical everything that he was doing is. It was very interesting. I'll bet my bottom dollar Tucker Carlson has converged, just like Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, yeah. I, I don't... I don't, I don't converged? Think... Tulsi Gabbard is a tranny. Well, I, I don't care about... <laughs> That. I don't think she's a tranny. She looks like no, a woman. No, no, listen. This is how they want to be God. They want to be androgynous. That is their God. No, I, I don't dispute any of that. I, I'm simply saying you don't have to be a tranny to, to be evil. And, and my sense oh, now is n nobody gets known, nobody becomes famous without being converged. So the, right. so the fact converged. that. Converged. That's that, a good term. I like that. Converged. Well, it's it's not mine. I I'm not the author of it. Yeah. Uh, I, right. I I I picked it up off of a fellow whose name is uh, Theodore Beale, who runs the so uh, the, the website Vox Day, uh, oh. and and uh, he wrote a couple of books, this, uh, a lot of books, but uh, Social Justice Warriors Always Lie and and Always Double. There's a couple of them. Um, uh, uh, in fact, I think you every once in a while, uh, Murr, linked to Owen Benjamin. Is that correct? Uh, I have, I think. Yeah. Okay. He's, 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 he, on, the, he's he, on the right track, too. He, maybe. I don't know. The, the, the he's problem trying is, to be. <laughs> well, I don't know. Again, again, he's... 
the 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 problem is that if somebody says uh, uh, ten or twenty percent of it's sort of like a Pareto principle. If if somebody says ten or twenty percent of things that are accurate, and and then peripherally fills up eighty percent, which is lies, it becomes very difficult to know in an increasingly dumbed down group of in, of people now who don't even know how to write cursive, who never have read a book, uh, and 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 walk around looking at their cell phone. Uh, all, all of the time. Right. Uh, They're doing so devilish devices. Very, very Tell difficult. the truth. I don't even watch him anymore. You know, I have eyes to see and ears to hear, and Holy Spirit tells me when to do what, and like right now calling in. And none of us are perfect. Only one, Jesus Christ, was perfect, God and man. Okay? Absolutely. So, and still is. So, so we can forgive people their differences, but when you see them trying so hard to, to continually have something to put out there, that's not necessary. Why are they doing that? Because they're evil and they want to kill. They want to destroy. They want to lie. That's, the, that's the whole point. And, 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 and the way they've captured it is through the banking system. And if there's one thing I hesitatingly disagree with with your, your folks... Uh, at Radio Ranch, Roger, and, and Daryl specifically, is it strikes me that things like Bitcoin are ways to suck us into distributed ledger, and, and that's the way we're going to go cashless. And as soon as we go cashless, the negative interest rate idiocy that, that's, uh, that's being promulgated around the world and coming to a, 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 a store close to you... Uh, Thank you for speaking the truth, Gary. I call it Bitcoin. Okay. It's pan to fire. My suspicion is, 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 that, is that that has probably been a psyop from the beginning, and that enlists lots of good people who are uh, in, uh, industrious and have worked on it, build up the infrastructure, and then they'll take it all down. Because, uh, again, as Daryl said, I think a, a week ago, there is nothing that you say, there's nothing that you write, there's nothing you put in the mail, there's nothing that's on the internet that they don't have. So there are, there's no way to run and hide. They're competing with God no, and they'll no, never make it. No, you're right. There's nowhere to run and hide, but you can stand up to them. Now, you can't, Gary, because you're not a naturalized citizen and you can't change your status. You're a foreign resident. And under residency, you come under the jurisdiction of all of this state that people like myself and Daryl and Bob and Murr, should she choose, and anybody else that's either a birthright or a naturalized, natural-born citizen can get out of. But they got to have some knowledge. They're going to have to expend some time and learn to use their brain again in many instances. And they're going to have to have some balls to stand up to these people. And none of all that so stuff you just, that you guys are talking about applies. None of it. So, so, so Roger, you just told me that, in essence, I need to naturalize. Well, if you want to take advantage of what we talk about here, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. That's your decision. No, 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 I, no, 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 no. I'm, not, I, I, I'm saying to follow the instructions that you've laid out in order to fight the system, because I, my, my very strong impression is that you're a good man, and I want to do the right thing, and if that's what I have to do, I'll simply do it. Well, you don't have that's to fight the system. You just totally defeat the system with this approach. Because it's they lose their jurisdictional nexus, which they've built on fraud. Once the fraud is exposed, you're out of it. 
Just re- pray just about remember it, Gary. What, pray just about it. Remember what 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 the people uh, uh, who who funded the Russian Revolution did to the folks in Ukraine, for instance. It. So so that if they control the system and they control the armament and we're disarmed, they can hang us by our bowels from a tree. Well, let me tell, let me quote, since you want to use that as an example, let me quote Solzhenitsyn to you. I wonder what would have happened if just one person would have stood up to him. Let me quote that to you. I 100% agree. That's why I'm on the line. 200 years together. You, you can't even yeah. you can't even get a full copy of that book. Well, no, Gary. Gary. Yes. Gary, if I if, if I might if I might interject here for just a moment, uh, I I appreciate what your kind words in reference to me today. Uh, thank you. Uh, I I would uh, just listening to the conversation here. I would I would say that. Uh, uh, if I don't miss my mark, uh, that you've already made the um, uh, conversion to the most important status, and that would be uh, uh, our, our Lord and Savior Yeshua. Okay, so uh, first and foremost, let's get our priorities straight here. Uh, well, at least from my perspective, and and uh, you know that is that is the the most important conversion. Uh, that that's where the boldness and the strength and the spirit comes from, uh, at least for me. Uh, uh, so uh, I, you've already made great great strides and took the big step. Uh, the rest of it, uh, well, that power, if you pray for His will to be served in you, uh, you'll be provided with that and. Uh, so that's where that's where the boldness and the uh, the wisdom comes from, and the courage, uh, and uh, because you know, really personally, I could uh, I'm in a situation where I could just lay back and hide, pretty good. Uh, but it, that offends my, my that that offends my that offends me and it offends my spirit. Uh, because then uh, I'm just a coward, and uh, I, I can't hide from that. Okay, so uh, th- this is a spirit-driven uh, uh, force, and you either acknowledge it, you either acknowledge it, and uh, we all have different particular skills. And unique perspectives, and um, but first we get our spirit straight, and then we get the uh, uh, our our physical interaction with this world uh, straight, and uh, that's how I that's how I maintain a, a consistent continuity, and uh, I I challenge myself a lot, and uh, because I I. Twenty years ago, if you were to ask me, I said I was a socialist. Of course, I was ignorant. I didn't know what that was. I thought I knew what that was because I had I had bought it hook, line, and sinker as well, Gary. You were socialist. And uh, well, I thought I was. I, I thought I was okay. And, and I I knew that I knew the I knew the Republicans were wrong and the Democrats were right. 
uh, and I had it. I had it half right or half wrong. Well, either way you look at it, I had it half right or half wrong. Uh, but what I come to, what I really came to find out was that uh, they were both wrong. Which meant, yeah, right. Which means, which means that I had to, uh, uh, because uh, when I tried to reconcile the contradictions, that's what the uh, empirical data uh, revealed. Well, uh, so I, I sort of got straight on the uh, empirical side of this, the contradictions of evidence. Uh, before uh, the spirit came to me, but uh, that's when uh, I would say the courage and the power came uh, because I prayed for his direction and wisdom. And it, he leads me. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> when I asked for it, okay, and you can only you can only take so much of this in at any one given time. Um, I, the literally days where I have to back away and, uh, I, I've become, I'm, I won't say I've become immune to this, uh, but, uh, it, it, if you're carrying, if you're a caring, sensitive human being, uh, this is going to hurt you and you, you kind of have to like doing a hard workout, you have to take a, sometimes a couple of days off and heal a little bit before you can uh, go farther. And, of course, Roger's been at this a very, very long time. I, I think he understands, appreciates what I'm saying here. You know, as for me, Gary, and audience, I had a goal with this, and that was to get this information into the public domain because nobody knew it or understood it except for our enemies at very high levels. And I did that eight years ago, okay? And so once you accomplish a goal, especially a major one like that, uh, you go back and re reassess it and reset your goal. And so in resetting it, I go, well, I'm gonna, I guess you just want to try and spread it as far and wide as possible. And that's what I do on a daily basis here. Uh, but I've come to the understanding, as anybody else has that's gotten in depth to the legal side here, which you're not real familiar with evidently, is that so few people are open to it, like you are wanting it here today, uh, that it gets to be where I think the term you were looking for, uh, Daryl, was jaundiced. You get jaundiced about it because the success rate is pretty small. But I understand because I've done it so long that that's because of the position people are in and how well this is disguised and they've been programmed and I know that that is going to come undone so my approach is to I just said listen I'm tired of beating my head against a wall because it feels so good when you stop and I did what Daryl did I turned it over to the big guy and I said hey man you open the doors I've tried that and it hasn't worked for me thus far although maybe this telephone conversation will will begin that but but i'm overwhelmed when i deal with regular americans with people in the west in general that that they have been so overcome with materialism and with hedonism and and with with the perversion of hypersexuality and whatnot that they 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 
They don't want the truth. Nope. They don't want the hope of the resurrection. They want their happiness now, and, and they think when they die, they're simply gone. Welcome to the reservation, Gary. Well, that's a Judaic interpretation of life. Um, listen, the thing is, right. we're not going to change this. What we can do is we can change ourselves. And maybe some yep. of us can get lucky enough to reach out and find others that are receptive. And otherwise, well, like we're Bucky, commanded... Well, like Bucky Fullminster said, right? Well, you can't change it. You replace it. Yeah, right. And, and you replace it by, first of all, coming out of her and learning the real principles of life and how we're supposed to be born and live. And that's what you're in the process of doing. Yep. And there's a way to do it Except, legally, Gary, where they, they literally no. don't have those controls on you. And you're going to have to sit down and, uh, if you wanted to do that, you're going to have to get naturalized. What, uh, what nationality, ethnic, ethnicity are you? Um, ethnicity, I'm Scots-Irish. Um, uh, nationality, I'm from the Great North. The Great North, okay. Hey, hey there, Canadian. That is, that is I'm, a, I'm a Canuck. I'm from the deep south of the Great North. Okay, good. There's some nice people in Canada. I've known many nice ones, actually. Um, so well, well, they must have been. They got rid of me. Well, if you want to go through our process here, you can, it sounds like you've been in the U.S. long enough to apply for the naturalization process. I think you've got to be there a certain number of years first. And oh, I've, I've, been here, I've been here more than half my life now. Okay. It, it's just I, I'm, a, I'm a coward and, and I'm, was a materialist, hedonist. Uh, I thought I was a classical li uh, um, liberal, um, but I, 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 I was influenced by... by uh, Ron Paul, but even that I think is is converged. Uh, I, I I don't think libertarianism works either. I, I think you've got to be a Christian first. I really talked way too much. Well, listen, um, I would say this. Oh, you're right, Gary. You're, you're right on. With your conviction there, Gary, and, and your conversion, uh, I would say if you really want to move over under God's laws, that's what our process allows you to do. It allows you to go back under the original way the country was founded, where you got your rights from God, you owe God your duties, and you were classified and terminized then as a state citizen. They've jumbled that all up. They call it a U.S. national now. But now that we know how they've done it and what they've done, we can go back and achieve it because they don't yeah, have I the power. That See, they, so you're saying I, that I have to naturalize first? Correct. Oh, okay. Um, so this telephone call, uh, I need to send you some money. No, no. Um, uh, I don't. I don't. No, I'm not in this for that. I'm not charging you anything for it. Just send no, me no, 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 I, Gary, send no. No, 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 no. I'm paying you the compliment of saying your hard work is worth something. If 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 if, if you don't get money, your show doesn't play. If you don't have money, you can't get a better microphone. I I I would I would not have called. I'm a coward. I'm a born coward. Okay? I would never ever have called you if I if I wasn't so immensely motivated uh, by by you and and some of the other people I've come across. If it wasn't for the internet, uh, I wouldn't know any of you. And and I'm I'm so grateful. But I'm such a coward. Uh, no, you're not. Thank you for that, Gary. 
Yes, just shoot me an email over there at Radio Ranch. I will go look at it and we'll talk. And I appreciate your call and your emotions and your honesty. And welcome aboard. Thank you. I love you. I'll send you another email. Thank you so much. And, Murr, it's a pleasure talking with you. God bless you, young lady. Okay, quite a show today. Thanks, Gary, for calling in and stimulating all this. Daryl, you're getting to be a little celebrity, man. <laughs> sure appreciate you, buddy. How about this? Thank you, Gary. <laughs> Yeah. Well, listen, hey, I should have told Gary right. be sure to listen tomorrow with Brent, too, because hopefully we'll have Brent tomorrow. I'll see you guys. Interesting show today. Have a great day. Bye for now. Ciao, amigos. Buried in the ground. Mother Earth will swallow you. Lay your body Oh